0: I am Trudy Morgan Cole, and once again, it's time for an episode of Shelf Esteem, the podcast where I talk to interesting people about the books that they found interesting. This month, my guests were Michelle Porter, a writer and researcher, and Jane Bannister, who describes herself as a mom, a community outreach worker, and someone who plays roller derby. And of course, they're both avid readers as well. We had a great conversation. I do have to warn you, sound quality is a little lower on this one than it usually is. It may be a little harder to hear what we're saying. Uh, No fault of the guests or of my excellent producer, Chris. A little bit of technical difficulty on my part, but it is well worth listening to this conversation. And uh, as always, we kicked off by talking about what we've been reading lately that's left an impression. And Michelle started us off.
1: I've been reading a few things by Marisco Films. Okay. Uh he's sort of the Métis uncle. uncle. There's uh-huh. metis aunties, he's metis uncle. Um and he's right now living out in Vancouver. But um I had first come to his uh his poetry a few years ago uh-huh. and uh was down at the Gabriel Dumont Institute and they passed me uh, one of the books I hadn't brought to yet, but it's an older one of his, I Knew Two Métis Women. Okay. So it's a book of poetry about his um, mother and his auntie. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just a beautiful, uh, talky, informal, so it plays with music, so they love country music. Okay. <laughs> and, and, that, so it's, and that led me, of course, to the Thunder Through My Veins, his, mm-hmm. his memoir. So I've just, I've just picked that up, and I'm just getting into that, because he's had quite an amazing life, Mm -hmm. a lot of things to get through and get get over and um, get to, you know, being the um, sort of amazing mentor and teacher, scholar, and writer that he is right now. So, Mm -hmm.
2: I I feel like that's a way more impressive answer. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) reading is not a competitive (laughs) event. You know, it's just less... um, I was following along with some people who were doing the How many books have you read in 2019? And I just sat down and counted them, uh-huh. more than I realized. But then I thought, but how many do you really want to read? I mean, do you just get tired? <laughs> it reminds me of in the fifth grade when we had a read-page competition uh-huh. and who had read the most pages in the year won a prize. And one girl and I were very determined we were each going to be the winners. And uh-huh. Like, And we were both really voracious readers and got in the... Oh, it was Read Across Canada, so oh, okay. to get across Canada, it's about 7,700 pages, and we went back and forth and back and forth, and I won, uh-huh. and then spent the entire summer entirely too tired to read a thing. <laughs> Interesting. <So it laughs> kind of burned out on <laughs> it. Hopefully. Yeah. And the prize, of course, was a Kohl's gift card. I was, like, am oh, not no. ready. <laughs> But uh, the book that I just finished reading is called A Well-Behaved Woman, A Story of the Vanderbilts by uh, Therese Ann Fowler. Oh, okay. And uh, because historical fiction, even as a child, has always been the genre that I've gravitated to possibly the most. Yeah, mine too. So, yeah.
0: Oh, of course.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so this was about Alva Vanderbilt Belmont, who... um, was in the Gilded Age in New York like some of the buildings that she lived in inspired the Great Gatsby wow uh, yeah so it was neat to read about that era of course because like I feel like I've never taken a history course, but I've read a lot of novels,
0: yeah, yeah, and well I think you learn as much or more history from reading novels yeah, as from, from any history course because yeah. you're getting more of the social
2: context and mm-hmm. that's actually what Fowler really enjoys I think is writing about women who because she also wrote a story about Zelda Fitzgerald okay uh, who sometimes get stereotyped because mm-hmm. we read about a couple of the events in their lives and Get yeah. kind of an opinion on what they were like, but she wants to explore more of their motivations and the mm-hmm. so I did enjoy that. Oh, and yeah, that yeah. sounds great.
0: Yeah. So, is that historical fiction, or is that that one? Is it a, or is it an actual history, like a biography? Or?
2: It's a fiction. Oh, okay. It's fictionalized, but she does yeah. a lot of has done a lot of research yeah. and uh, on contemporary sources, mm-hmm. and also with different books that were written by members of the Vanderbilt family. Right. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it was a good read.
1: Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I've i just remembered the title is it, it. It appeared it's appeared on my to read list. Oh, uh, super. And, yeah. What? what <laughs> tell me more about the plot of that book. The plot
2: of that book it's really her life story. She <laughs> was. Of a good family, but relatively impoverished. So, they needed to make a good marriage to exchange the status that her family had with the money that her family needed. So, she ended up matching with the Vanderbilt, which wasn't a love marriage at all. So, it talks a lot about her work to get the Vanderbilt family more of the social standing that her background could confer, but since she wasn't in love with him and he ended up uh, being a philanderer then they did divorce and then as she got older she got more into um, women's suffrage okay. causes and things like that because mm-hmm. she felt, uh, the book character felt that by uh, dissolving her marriage it left room for other women to be able to do that if it mm-hmm. was necessary in their lives.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Such a great era in history too to read about. There's so much. There's so much there. Yeah. Um, what are some of the? I guess not necessarily ones you've read lately, but just books generally that are uh, the ones that that are standouts for you that have you feel like have had a big influence on you or shaped maybe the way you think or the way you see the world.
1: More recently, or could be <laughs> could be
0: more recently, or we could go back further into history into your childhood.
1: Um. I actually, as a child, I read and reread the Just So stories. The oh, Just no. oh, So yes, stories. yes, the Just So stories. Uh, yes. And there's always, uh, always lifelong love of those kinds of, um, uh, weaving of, uh, tales and mm-hmm. folk tales with, um, uh, with, with story and, you know, mm-hmm. making those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually how ha- that in- Influenced me just the magic of it um, escaping into this other world, and how well it was told in in that. Uh In in that, (laughs) the cat that walked by. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And all the pictures, the
2: illustrations,
1: were really lovely. Um, I always went back to I think it was the Ricky tikki Tabah. Okay, that's Kipling. Um yes. we went to Kipling. Don't really oh, yeah. I'm mixing up a couple of yeah. books. Yeah. No, and just those stories I read them together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read those together, yeah. one after the other. Yeah. yeah for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I read the
2: jungle book when I was older. I haven't really read it as a child. My childhood books that were reads and rereads were all of Lucy Mont Montgomery uh-huh. yeah, and then true. every single time there was a chance to write about a female author like in Girl Guides or something like that. Yeah. Writing about Lucy Maud Montgomery again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were probably.
1: And that and Laura Ingalls Wilder, everybody. Mm-hmm. That well, and the show year. together. <laughs> the book and the show. Right? Yeah, yeah I didn't the watch book. the show, actually. No. Oh, really? Good, actually. <laughs> no, yeah, because was... the show shaped how, when I went back to the books, I went, they're actually different than yeah. I remembered them because the show shaped my reading. As yeah. Right, way, which yeah, does
0: happen with a TV mm-hmm. adaptation, especially one that's as pervasive as the Little House TV series was, you know. I think it did shape the way a lot of people remembered the books. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, well, you know, uh, Charles Ingalls, as portrayed by... Michael Landon. Michael Landon yeah. was the oh, man for me. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I have
2: a beard, and I think that was it for the show for me. <laughs> <laughs> was very committed to rigorous <laughs> attention to detail. <laughs> so if he didn't look exactly the way he was described in the book, it was, it yeah. Historical
1: accuracy. Like those
2: books. I do. And I, Well, and I've just never been as much of, like, a movie person. there. TV a little bit more than movies, because my attention span for things on screens, apparently. Two hours is just a bit too much, a bit but an yet. hour I can handle. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. So I'm not sitting down and Netflix binging. Ha. Huh. Like, I might watch a show, and then a few days later but you would, watch You wouldn't sit down episode? and watch a whole season of a show? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not really. Uh-huh.
2: I mean, now that I have three kids that would want to see what I'm doing all the time, that makes it a lot harder to yeah, do. Yes, so that's um, true, too. Yeah, I don't think I'd be inclined to be doing that but um there's a lot of books i'm going to go off the laura angles wilder for a moment oh yeah there's do. a few books about um people who really loved the books as kids going back and rediscovering them as adults oh yeah uh one's called the wilder life i've read that yeah. i've read the Wilder life yes yeah uh, so she's traveling as an adult to see all the different locations mm-hmm. yeah and i thought that was really neat i like I enjoyed reading that and then reading a few other more of the background of the stories on the parts of the stories that didn't get told.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have read that book. Ooh, yeah. I read I
1: a couple order others order that were like, inside my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, <would> love to. <laughs> I loved it. I like leaping off of that, that whole story. And, yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. Super. Oh, I'll bring a little pile. <laughs> One of the odder books I think for a teenager that kind of shaped my teenage life? Mm. Was um, I found this book of short stories and poetry um, published at that time? I think by I Paper Mache. But when I'm an old woman, I shall wear purple. Oh, oh yes, oh, yeah. So so, kind of uh, yeah, kind of so derived
2: from that yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I, I
1: for whatever reason I read and reread that collection of poetry and short stories mm-hmm. which was about aging and yeah and with photographs that one was beautifully done well, with okay. um, you know photographs of old people mm-hmm. and I, I still I still I don't have my original copy but I you know um, you still have a copy? I, I, I went out and got a new one out when I realized that I had somehow mm-hmm. you know thrown my moves so there's this, yeah, this um, um, perhaps influenced my my tendency to skip among genres yeah, a yeah. little bit uh, in, 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 in life. That's really deep. Yeah. 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 I, <laughs> And that that poem, I was, you know, when I'm older, when I shall wear purple, and just all these are going to defy all the rules. And I think I wanted to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till you're old? Just start wearing that purple. No, yeah, it yeah. would be a lifestyle decision <laughs> <laughs> <Isn't it? Exactly. laughs> at Countercultural, <bent>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jane? Are there books that have been really influential? Over the years, for you, or like as a person
2: young person, but I don't know. If this one might not be the best question for me to come up with a great answer for. <laughs> um, I went through a really big science fiction and loved Star Trek. I was huge. Oh yeah, and my husband still teases me. It's funny because he's like
0: not
2: not not nerdy. <laughs> um, so. That's the other genre besides historical fiction. Is I'm always going to return to science fiction or speculative fiction. Uh huh. And who do you read? Yeah. Okay. Well, I broke down a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Excellent. Yes. Because um, well, the Canada Reads right now has a book by Cory Doctorow. Yes. Yeah. And when I looked at my list, I was writing down a lot of um people that weren't white men except for Cory Doctorow made it on the list (laughs) and he writes about the near future Mm -hmm. like this could be a couple generations or one generation into the future and he writes a lot about what our relationship with technology is going to look like or what everything could kind of turn into if we just sort of slowly go on from where we are now Mm -hmm. so um, what's the title (laughs) of his book? Radicalized is the Canada Reads pick and it's short stories and yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's at the public libraries Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting the first story in the book is about um there's We've reached a point in the world where everything is very commercialized. So you're buying your toaster; it's a toaster. You can only toast bread from approved bread companies, (laughs) and it's running on a program that recognizes that bread and won't do it. Like you can't. Oh yeah, this is this is is such a believable future. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I don't think I could cope with it. (laughs) And the problem is, like, what if you can't afford that bread? Mm -hmm. Because poor people aren't going to be able to afford the approved brands and right. things like that. Yeah. So what you do is you learn how to hack. I was just going to say, there's got to be a way to hack the toaster, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. They're hacking toasters, and it's an apartment building full of people. They're figuring this out and sort of secretly, quietly passing this information along before the company cracks down on them. So <laughs> that's the start of this book, oh. and there's a few other stories and there, a lot about how is how are we going to cope with technology? Is technology going to um, be a tool for us, or is it going to be a tool for... Capitalism, too. Mm. Is it going to help us or is it really going to challenge us? Mm. And another a novel that he's written, which is really, you know, this is what he explores, it's called Walk Away. So, people that are leaving their main culture and creating their own uh, bases, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. That sounds like such a preteen boy kind of word <laughs> but I got one of those at home. And uh, using computer technology to, to print their own things, and uh-huh. really, again, hacking the mm-hmm. system and living outside the system. Mm.
0: So that's a couple titles. I've so. never actually read a book by him. I've read a bunch of, like, online stuff by yeah, him. I've always sure. thought his ideas seem really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um And, uh, yeah, I, I've never actually read... Yeah. This book, but
1: that's, yeah, Yeah. that's an approach. It's also harder in writing. I think it's perhaps easier because you get forgiven a lot when you're jumping into the far future. Yes. Yeah. And everything's totally different. Then you're just then you're just moving a little bit into mm-hmm. the future mm-hmm. with how... You know, moving a moving a little bit into future, few changes in the technology. Yeah. So you have to stay a little bit more realistic. It has to, to feel kind yeah. of believable. Yeah. 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 And you just let go of the believability. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I found a couple of um uh uh, I think C B C the C B C reads right now, Sherry uh Oh yeah. The Marrow I, I have I read the new yeah. book, but I have read The Marrow Thieves, okay. but I have read Empire of Wild. Um, yeah. um, I haven't read Empire of Wild yet. I haven't. Okay. I haven't. It's on my it's on my desk with yours actually. Okay. My daughter read your book, Oh, the right okay. And so she's made she's she put it on my she loved it. Seventeen year old she was she was and she's passed it on to me to read the full thing, but the marrow Thieves. Again, yeah, it's the near future. Yeah, Yes, but what I found fascinating, because I've read a couple of indigenous writers taking on speculative future, um, or dystopian futures, Mm. really, is that a lot of dystopian futuristic stuff that I've read before have been, have started out with um, uh, sort of a false hope, or we thought everything was going to be okay, and then Mm. it kind of leads you into that dystopia it kind of almost leaves you there in a way, or you know, you have to grapple with what, what is humanity. But I found there's another, another line and another um, trajectory, another uh, way to travel through it in, in some of the indigenous stories that I've been writing and this in Maryland, this mythology is that you're starting off with the lost hope yeah. <laughs> and dealing with some very difficult things like mm-hmm. um you know, the Merrill thieves it's it's you know continued attempt continued uh, attempts to exploit extract resources from the very bodies of indigenous people mm-hmm. so it's uh, and so you get a bit of a you know the genocide scenario which has happened in, in other ones mm-hmm. i've read yeah. as well so this continued grappling with projecting into the future uh, huge discrimination against indigenous people and, and mm-hmm. a variety of minorities but the, the folks of course indigenous people and what they're doing and so the response so then you have this huge response and it's a return to community to land as you can or land that may be changed technology mm-hmm. may be changed but there's a there's this return to you know community and, and to culture in a sense mm-hmm. in any way that's possible and that that's going forward I found that very, you know, such a fascinating um, way to see some of the terrible things that, imagined, that are being imagined and expected for the brain. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: I wanted to read The Marrow Thieves when I first heard about it but then anyone who listens to this podcast regularly will recognize this is a recurring theme. At this point in human history I can't read any dystopian fiction because it just feels way too real yeah. and close it's and possible true. and uh, people, so many people were raving about this book so then when Empire of Wild came out I was like oh good she has another book and it's not dystopian <laughs> so I can read this one and I really really loved it and thought it was amazing so I do recommend Empire of Wild oh, very much
1: <laughs> Um, oh my. Yes, the to read list, which is
0: always a thing. Oh. But yeah, that is an excellent uh, that's an excellent book too. Any other sci-fi recommendations?
2: Mm-hmm. or okay, Nandy Okura for. She writes Afrofuturism, so this is African, well not African American, people from the African diaspora or from Africa, so so Binti is a book, a trilogy I think, and um, there might be another short novella that attaches to the Binti books. Mm -hmm. Um, She's from a future Africa and uh, part of a group that's really looked down upon by all the cultures surrounding her, Mm -hmm. but she's incredibly powerful and uh, in sort of her connection with um other cultures um and she gets selected to go to the university that's in another part of the universe and it's about mm-hmm. her traveling there and some of the conflicts that happen between some of the different Space space creatures. <laughs> incredibly inaccurate, but they're some really mysterious non-humanoid characters. Okay, as yeah. She goes to the university, and then her time at the university, it's incredibly different from a lot of the traditional white people. Yeah, science fiction white people sci yeah. yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. That that's that really does sound crazy. interesting, particularly the thing about non humanoid because, I mean, I'm also a big Star Trek fan. And this mm-hmm. is, you know, it's obvious why almost every race they encounter looks humanoid, because yeah. that's what the kind of actors you can hire. Yeah. But, I, you know, it would be, I'd love to imagine a more diverse view of space where, you know, not everybody has a head, two arms and two legs. And you have to, you know, people have to deal with that much greater diversity. So it sounds like it would be really, hmm. yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yep, that was good. That was on my list. Any others? Mm-hmm.
2: I see you have your little list. You do have my little list. That was one of the three I have. Okay. Oh no, Drew Hayden Taylor. Oh How yeah. How much oh, Drew Hayden Taylor have you? Not enough!
1: No, I love his work yeah. yeah yeah hilarious and I'm trying to think of which was the last one of his that I read. so um, motorcycles
2: and sweetgrass is more the fantasy yeah mm-hmm, yeah of like the trickster coming back yeah, to yeah, earth yeah. and trying to mess yeah. up what people are trying to accomplish but of course maybe he's doing that because he's trying to establish everything in a better sort of order um and in the science fiction connection, Jerry Hayden Taylor's written a book of short stories called Take Me to Your Chief. Oh, okay. And other stories. <laughs> and so it is really that science fiction, but from a
1: different point of view, and yeah, mm, mm, looking okay. to establish. Kind and of having just, just for fun. Just the fun. You know, the fun he has in great. it.
2: That's, that's, that's a yeah, yeah, like in Motorcycles and Sweetgrass, like one of the characters are these raccoons that seem to have their own plans for <laughs> what's going to happen. Have their own <laughs> agenda? That's right. Yeah, that is,
1: that is the one I've read. Okay, I read <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, is that, is that
2: one. one. Yeah, <laughs> <my> that was, <laughs> that's really, really fun. Everything
1: yeah. has its own agenda, and it's yeah. just so random, and that's the whole idea
0: It's suppose of the trickster. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. speaking yeah. of trickster, reminds me have either of you guys read Eden Robinson, The Son of a Trickster, and
1: Trickster Drift? No, that's on my list. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes, yes I have. I haven't and my daughter has and really, really loves them. They're gorgeous and I think one of one I mean, there's lots of wonderful things in that book, but I find the portrayal of the relationships Mm -hmm. between mother and son, mother figure and son. Yeah. Like the different the different aunties and mothers in his life are just fascinating because they're hard yeah and they're unusual but you just gotta accept it the way it is uh-huh. and 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 um it's almost uh, like there's this whole um uh, i suppose a psychology narrative of folks you know that Turn away from what's problematic, and it's not that. It's yeah. Sometimes things are problematic, and they love you anyway. <laughs> and you just get, so That's I true. mean, and, and deeply, you know, and, 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 and like deeply. Um, uh, I just, I'm trying to find it just real deep love as well as just accepting each other's real deep problems mm. happen in the book. as well as all the other wonderful things happen in the book but that yeah. portrayal just really spoke a lot to me and touched yeah. me uh, as as being something that so many of us so many people need to hear as well as you're figuring out how did. The problematic people in your life. Yeah, so. yeah. I just love that. Just sometimes yeah. you have to accept that they're problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. True. Not everything needs resolved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And 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 sometimes it's um uh maintaining that connection with with that with that which is problematic, and I mean probably even going larger here than a person, but you know you, you want the connection to a certain extent, and there's that that in that connection with all the um histories that come with it or all the challenges the difficulties and I think for a while there was just turning away I think you have to turn away from things that aren't well the things that aren't perfect or great mm-hmm. for yeah uh, but Probably. you're turning away from everything in life because nothing, yeah. nothing everything yeah. is problematic as it turns yeah, out yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, you,
2: know, it's, you know I mean we all know that as we've all
1: tried to I suppose as we have all tried to um uh, figure out which companies to buy from. Yes, exactly. <laughs> What's happening? Well, if no, them, no, do you exactly. drink almond milk? Do you drink soy milk? Do you drink yeah. cow's milk? Do you, exactly, do you know, have yeah. local meats? Yeah. Too, yeah.
0: yeah. Everything, Everything is wrong. It is. It's food.
1: Food. Yeah. Anyway, except for that, for mothers to, <laughs> to milk. Very yes. interesting.
0: Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> there, there is definitely a connection there. <laughs> well, that's great. Those books have been on, on my radar for a while, so that's what. When you said trickster, that reminded me that I wanted to ask mm. about those because, oh, again, so many books on the to read list, mm. and yes, That's so many books so all the time. Are there books kind of kind of jumping off of that? Are there books that you really like to recommend to people, or that you wish you could get other people to read?
2: Um, Depends on what where they are. What have I recommended lately? Lately, oh, I just, I did manage on Netflix to watch both the Tales of the City series. okay. So, uh, and then I rec- I wanted to read the books because that's, uh, yeah, I always want to go back to the books, so. Yeah. And I did recommend them to somebody recently. Uh-huh. And, just partly because I really like San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. mm. nice to travel there while reading, and partly because they opened in 1976. And I was born in nineteen seventy eight, so it kind of was fun to imagine like the era that my parents, even though they were living in not places that weren't San Francisco <laughs> places that
0: were very much but not, not San Francisco. It was just
2: really neat to think about how yeah. this is not that long ago and uh-huh. how much has changed. Yeah. And and how uh, gay people are perceived and just how progressive San Francisco was that yeah. really. Yeah, and uh, he does an amazing job of traveling across that 40 years of time and how things have changed for everybody. Mm -hmm. And the Mm shows aren't quite like the books.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it another case of the book is always better?
2: Oh, the book's different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I spent a
2: little bit of time thinking about well why did they change it that way mm, yeah it's kind of more in the spirit of the books I guess mm-hmm. was the changes mm-hmm. um, and this one I didn't even write down on my cheat sheet um, if I meet somebody that wants something different to read in the science fiction fantasy vein I'll do uh, suggest V.E. Schwab's um, Gosh, what are they called? I should have written it down now. It's a Shades of Magic trilogy. Oh, Shades of Magic. Super cool. It's about Mm -hmm. several parallel universes and the people that can travel across them and what happens when you bring things from one universe to the other. Bad things, basically. (laughs) So really cool, really strong female heroine, which is what I've been looking for in books, and Uh who is able to... uh, yeah, try to get things back where they ought to be and get people where with the people that they should mm-hmm. be. Yeah. yeah I haven't read the Isha, but I've heard a lot of people mm-hmm. recommend. Yeah, novels. I really I like those books. Know. Know. They almost got to be to the, I want to buy those books. <laughs> I haven't, but <laughs> I keep seeing the books at the bookstore. And going, Oh, hmm. you're being tempted. <laughs> Are <laughs> you <laughs> mostly a library reader? or? A yeah, library? because you can't... Uh,
0: Felt like there was only so much space in my house. So that's what switched me over to eBooks was the fact that I felt like if I kept buying paper books, I would eventually have to move out and just let the books have the house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I haven't quite gotten to ebooks yet because I don't have an ebook reader
2: and mm-hmm. I don't know how much more screen time I want to spend.
0: Yeah, that's why so cool. I'm
2: yeah. taking out yeah. book books,
0: which mm. sometimes means you have to wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, with the library, with the ebooks, you do too. If, yeah, I mean, that's the true. library has a great ebook service, but they're still like, I'm on a six month waiting list now for Girl, Woman, Other. And it's like, yeah, I will read this book eventually, but six months is a long. Time, <laughs> I may end up just breaking down and yeah, buying it before sure. then. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and I would, I often recommend um, Thomas King's Truth About Stories. Oh, yeah. I read that about ten years back, and it kind of changed the way I thought about stories and my academic life and all of that. Um, His mixture, his mix of um, his personal life, Mm -hmm. creation stories and what they mean and um, what being, you know, what being uh what being um what his life and what his part indigeneity was meant to him mm-hmm. and um and and what the meaning of stories it just i i it's just always especially budding academics who want to know what you know who, who are approaching social uh social research or mm-hmm. that sort of thing and for actually for parents I've I've read with my girls mouse woman stories. Haida. Haida I just read them over and over and over again. There's the muddleheads, princess, a series of stories about Haida princesses where a mouse woman uh, comes in and she's gossipy, busybody um a little woman who doesn't always necessarily save saves the day, but sets things right. So mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't setting things right doesn't always save the day. No. It sets things right. Yeah. <laughs> again. yeah. So um and for the years my daughters and I read them out loud to them and it gets to the point where we just laugh and laugh mm-hmm. and have something going on in there. Still.
0: Oh so. that's great. Any other books that you like to recommend to people or that you wish you could
1: get other people to read? Um there was um um you know what I'm always now uh recommending Catherine uh, Evermet's The Break. oh, oh, yes, oh yeah yeah that oh, yeah. was I love that. Fine. a groundbreaking mix for me when it came out of um I've been immersed in some other Métis stories told by women very 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 hard mm-hmm. <laughs> to read in, in, in some ways and and, and um and when I, and and I think immersed in a Earlier time period well. Oh. Um, um, just a generation before Kathleen Lamette's story. It's totally contemporary and it deals with, I just identified with and recognized every single woman in, mm-hmm. in that book, every yeah. single woman and girl in the book. So it's really girl and woman focused, mm-hmm. it's geography focused. So it's these different neighborhoods mm-hmm. um, in. Um, uh, in in that downtown area Mm -hmm. um, the Métis area Um, there's the river in it of course the murder and, and just the way these generations of women stay connected keep the culture going and um try to remember who they are. Yeah. Um, for me, though, that book was was about the recognition, this, this whole recognition, because I recognized my mother and their mm. sisters, my grandmother, um, uh, from that side of my family. Mm. And um, uh, it was, and in a contemporary way, so in that book it discusses what it means to be native today, what it means to mm. be visibly native, not so visibly native, that sort of thing. And so for me, it was, it was Beautiful, beautiful book, and, and you know, actually, as as a result, I I, uh, I reached out to that to that author, and, and and it was just a lovely thing to do. Yeah. Um. And uh, hope matters by Lee Miracle, of course. Oh, okay. uh, yes, yes. Now that's poetry. Yes. Her and her daughter's wrote some poetry together. Now Lee has also written uh, novels as well. Well, uh-huh. uh, beautiful, amazing stuff. Uh, but this whole matter that she's written with her daughters its this collaboration of, you know, mother-daughter generations of, of women uh, writing on sometimes similar topics and and, and co-writing whole poems together. Oh, right. So they end up being, they're very, uh, they're, her and her daughters, they're Stephen Theater, they're oral storytellers, mm-hmm. um, and so this book is very talky too, and I love poetry that's just I mean, I love all kinds of poetry, but I love poetry that really is direct and it is almost like, uh, I call them talking, just they're talking right to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, and, 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 and Lee and her, her daughters have Pulled that off in this book, and and uh, just made the case for still having some hope despite the mm-hmm. futures we made, may or <laughs> may not. <be laughs> <how it is. laughs>
0: I should mm-hmm. add that to my. I really, I said, I was saying to you before we started recording that I don't read a lot of poetry. Mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, I'm a hardcore novel reader. I don't even read a lot of short stories. I read a lot of poetry. I read a lot of fiction. Um, and I, one time a couple of years ago, I kind of set myself a challenge to read one book of poetry every month so I would have read 12 poets by the time the year was over and it was a really good experience but then I didn't keep it up and I was like I should have and now I have your book of poetry your lovely book and I have um Crow Gulch, which, who is the author of that? Douglas something? The good thing about forgetting author's names is that I do go back afterwards <laughs> and put a um, uh, put a blog post up with all the book titles the and names. author's names, so if we've forgotten a name or a title uh, I'll post it there so people can, people can check out, but anyway, I have those two books of poetry, yours and Crow Gulch uh, sitting on my nightstand I'm like, I need to get back into reading some poetry, yeah, mm-hmm. but now I want to add that Lee Miracle one to yes. my list Yes, yeah. yes, She's, uh, that, it is an incredible book. Mm-hmm. What about um, do either of you have books that you're looking forward to, like books that that you you're either that you haven't read yet and are planning to, or that you know are coming out, and you you know by a, perhaps by an author you like or something that you're.
1: Waiting oh, for. What am I waiting for? <laughs> um, everything. <laughs> Actually, because i has a series of graphic novels. Oh, okay. And oh, the newest cool. uh, for young people mm-hmm. and the newest one's coming out. Um, and it's, it, it, it moves back and forth in time. This girl, of course, can, uh, a, a Métis girl Goes back in time to some and, and witnesses and see as it it's part of some of what happened mm-hmm. uh, in the past and um uh, but also has a contemporary challenges so mm-hmm. i mean Catherine does that really well yeah and um in the the the, fun, the one that's just come out now so i'm looking forward to that and for my daughter who you know um growing up here in different labrador doesn't have a strong sense of what these Metis connections mean. Yeah, also yeah. and she's been asking uh for, for things to read oh, that that's you know, aren't yeah. for necessarily for um, adults. But mm-hmm. um, uh there's that one and um oh my goodness, there is actually uh, quite a list of that there's um Jean Tayos she's the she's a Great-grand niece, something like that, to uh, Louis Real. Oh, really? And the Northwest is my mother. So this mm-hmm. is a, this is a, essentially an autobiography of the uh, of the Northwest and Métis people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, a a history that that been put together with some details that only that you know only her family can. True, mm-hmm. but it's uh, really plainly written. Uh, really direct um, great storytelling um, really um, uh, telling multiple sides of what was going on on any given uh, event whether it was the battle or you know settling here or there or mm-hmm. dispersal of what's going on I'm, I'm 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 just I'm uh, about halfway through that and looking forward to finishing, to getting to the end, to where she gets to more contemporary time, because I want to know what she has to say about that. At this yeah. Point. So sure. that's been, I, I look forward to that for a long time. And Lisa Bird Wilson has a new novel coming out. Again, it's contemporary, it's sort of Métis issues. Um, and it's going to come out in the next couple of months. Um, and I'm looking forward to that one, because I just met her recently. Um, and um, um, she gave me. Her first moment just beautiful too. So oh, very <laughs> nice. Um, I just looked at
2: my 2 Red pile that's on my bedside table and realized that the uh, most recent Barbara King is kind of down there at the bottom. Oh, I'm on sheltered. Oh. Yes. Ah, yeah. Ah, I love so that. That's, that's the plan. Yeah. So There's just see. this little. But i kind of in a book club with my mom which okay. is, mom buys a lot of books and just brings them to my house and I bridge <laughs> That's an club. ideal book so club to be isn't in yeah. that great? So I do have like this big stack and then I keep going, oh, that one keeps getting further
0: down because mm. the other books lay on top of it
1: i got to pull that in I, I enjoyed that
0: chapter. a lot Yeah. and the interesting thing for me with that was that one, that's one that goes back and forth between a contemporary story and a historical story uh, and normally I am very hardcore historical fiction and I did enjoy the historical story but I actually found the contemporary story more engaging in that one i found that really yeah it's i really liked it i read it last summer yeah yeah uh, i'm just kind of waiting for the right time yeah well i, w- I, I will i'll give you a recommendation for moving that one up on I your will, to the list yeah, yeah. great yeah. yeah any others that you're either looking forward to reading or looking forward to books appearing Books appearing. Yeah. I never know what she's gonna
2: show up with. <laughs> <laughs> It's really kinda of funny and kind of random because I end up reading things that maybe I wouldn't have. So there the tattooist of Auschwitz is also one that oh, she yeah. brought over. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it because I don't know if I'm ready for mm. a Holocaust story.
0: Yeah, they're very yeah. They're very hard reading off
2: yeah, of Holocaust and stories. She's just
0: passed on a couple other ones from World War Two. So mm-hmm. mm-hmm. World War Two is extremely hot right now in the yeah. story. Historical fiction, yeah. like I've gone to like the book displays of chapters and been like, how many books can there be about women yeah. in the Second World War? Like, exactly. it's great because I love yeah. historical fiction, but it's like there's a lot of other eras we and experiences yeah. we could be looking at, yeah. and it just seems like every second book you pick up now Absolutely. is about. Because yeah.
2: two of them that came over were the Alice Network and yeah. the Lost Girls of Paris, which are kind of about a very similar thing. Yes, which is female spies. Yeah, well, one is it's World Females War One did. as uh, yeah, exactly. Alice Network. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. that, that was an so the unexpected they? theme that showed
1: up <laughs> in my house. Why would more historical fiction be so popular right now? I think these
0: things just feed on themselves. Like mm. a couple of books come out that are really popular yeah. and then other agents probably start saying, Oh yeah, I got any good historicals. And, right. and every author who's been working on a World War II novel is sends you know just sends in. that yeah. in and, and there's yeah. you know, it's like vampires in in you know, oh, teen vampires. fiction when uh, when Twilight was popular. Oh, mm-hmm. it, uh, these things go through such such phases. So, yeah. All the late you cannot see. You oh
2: cannot yes, see. that one was that, that was it, started it. It like may it was have, yeah. Years ago,
1: and
2: that
1: one was quite. I yeah. liked that quite a bit. Yeah. Have you that read Mary Tait's? Yes. yes. We
0: talk about her. day. Yes. Yes. Please do. Mary Tate's. <laughs> yeah. Which one of the books have <laughs> you read? Quite a few. I read Women um, Talking. Women Talking. Okay. okay. Most talk recently, is, that oh, was. I mean, yeah. 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 Now, I haven't read
1: Women Talking yet. So Give make a case for should I should I read it? It's. It's absorbing and absorbing, yeah. and beautiful, and uh, it's it's uh, these women in a barn trying to figure out what whether they should, do. what they should do. Should they stay with the community? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's on the aftermath of of um, the. I'm sorry, I'm mm-hmm. about to get the name of the religion. Mennonite. It is Mennonite. I dare you. And uh, I mean, they're in
0: South America.
2: Yes, yeah. and they're so isolated from the surrounding yeah. community because they're Mennonite. Yeah. they don't speak the language, and there's been these brutal attacks and rapes. Yeah. They've been
1: they've um, using, using um, gas at night to oh you know put yeah. them out. Which you know, yeah. based on the true story, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah. and the author herself. Is, has been, was, grew up in America. Yeah, she grew up in yeah. yeah. And um, um, so these women are in a barn while the men are away selling cattle, perhaps. I'm trying to remember what the men are doing. It's not that important. Yeah. They're <laughs> they, are away. yeah. they are on stage. They are on stage, for a limited amount of time. They, and so they have gathered in this barn, and not all the women, but the women who are willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, you get to know the characters. and like, You know, there's children that have been abused, a young girl who's pregnant from these rapes, their yeah. mothers, and the, the discussion between the generations about what's happened. So the question is, do they go off on their own leave and leave? Yeah. Ask everything that is. Or do they stay? And which is God's will? Mm-hmm. Which is being a good Because they still, they're still men yeah. Yeah. Which is being a good question, which is being true. What does God expect of them in this situation? Mm. And it's so complicated, yeah. And in a sense, the bigger question is, what are we expected as humans to be doing in these complicated situations? Because Mm. then the next question is, if they're going to leave, Mm. where do they take their sons with, right? And at what age do the sons become men that don't come with them because. They are part of the. They're problem. already the men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the culture of that community, yeah.
2: and and the story's being told through uh, the school teacher who is male, mm-hmm. but he's outside of the community. He's been raised Mennonite, but his parents left and oh. he returned, so he's able to bridge yeah. the gap, I guess, between the outside world and also the gap between what should, what's ethical. He's mm. able to see different perspectives, yeah. even though they're not entirely interested in his take on <laughs> well, the situation. Yeah. Yeah, but so they need him to write
1: because they can't write. He's the yeah, one okay. who's literate. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they need. oh So yeah. So they realize too, if they go out in the world, they're helpless. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna. There's chances they're at risk. They're gonna get hurt. Like there's no place. <laughs> it's, just, it's it's such a beautiful book about the issues women all over the world are facing mm-hmm. in terms of um you know everything people have been talking about with #MeToo me too with mmiw mm-hmm. all of this where where what do we do how do we handle it how do women ourselves handle mm-hmm. it how do we handle the disagreement between ourselves about it yeah. Means yeah. And how we go forward. Um, it's a brilliant book, and it's so simply told because it's told through the voices of these women talking mm-hmm. to each
0: other. I really have to read but, it. I, I really, I, I love it when anybody can write about, um, you know, an enclosed or a you know, very uh, unique religious community with a view that can be both critical and understanding, like understanding why these people's religion is so important to them and yet having that kind of outsider view too. Um, and the book I read recently that does that so well is uh, Five Wives by Joan Thomas. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it. Which I think won the... I'm going to say the Governor General's Award, because I know it wasn't the Giller, but she won one of the big awards. Uh, And it's about a true story, which I knew from, from years ago, about these five American evangelical missionaries who went into... A Central American country, I think it was Ecuador, um, to convert the natives and entered into this this uh, area where the people had been completely untouched by you know an indigenous group that had been completely untouched by uh, the outside culture. And the missionaries got killed; they they, got, they entered into conflict with the people and they were killed. And then they were sort of celebrated in the Christian community back in the U.S. as martyrs. Um, and so the novel kind of examines that. True story, but through a fictional lens, um, and obviously, it was a lot more complicated than the martyr story that was told, you know, told within the church community. And they, it talks about like how the missionaries were um, sort of hand in glove with the American oil companies in wanting to convert these people so as to open up their land to development so it's really uh, it's 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 such a complex and interesting story but it's told with that kind of double vision that you know you can see that these people's faith is really super real to them but at the same time you see it from the perspective of all the other people involved and, and how yeah.
1: harmful it was other players that are using their faith yes exactly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's using their I think that's one of the harder things to write about. It in is, Books yeah. these days, is are I mean, sort of are, are all, we're all becoming much more aware of the bigger forces that are moving Mm-hmm. Yeah. All around, exactly. in terms of yeah. the economy, or in terms yeah. of you know land rights, or in terms of you know whatever it is, but mm-hmm. uh, that to get that that extra vision there, yeah, yeah, these people believe what they're in, what yeah, they're, they're doing. doing. You know, God called me to do yeah, this, yeah. and yet you can
0: see, yeah, you really believe that, but also an oil company is totally using you guys as pawns to to, mm-hmm. to do what they want to do in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, there's a bit of that too in um, uh, the Sherry DeMille one, the Empire of Wild. That's kind mm-hmm. of a, that's kind mm-hmm. of a theme in that one okay, too which okay. is so interesting
1: mm.
0: are there any books that either of you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to either on a physical list or a list in your head is there anything you're well,
1: like? thinking of local author but oh yes, Kenning, actually, oh, yes. because oh, her goodness. her next book coming out um some people's children oh yeah covers gorgeous uh-huh. um i'm really excited about when it when is it coming out i know it's... is it it's it's i think it's actually just recently out in terms of um you can probably get it on uh, but it hasn't been launched yet. Oh, okay. With the next launch. Oh, fantastic! Out, yeah. And um, um, uh, and I had had the chance to read one of the sort of galley oh, great. just early uh-huh. on, and it's about um, um, uh, growing up in uh, one of the rural coastal communities here in Newfoundland, Labrador. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a girl named uh, Imogene Tubbs, which is a name I just love. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so great. Um, and she's being raised by a grandmother mm-hmm. um, and doesn't know who her father is. But there's all these rumors in the mm-hmm. community of different people who might be her father. And, um, it's a coming-of-age book in dealing with a whole swath of issues that are that are challenging in, in rural communities, rural and Labrador. Mm-hmm. Um and with a character that's just kind of unforgettable. Mm-hmm. Red the, the bright red hair in this in this community and just kind of um is really a little bit angry about everything that's going on mm-hmm. in the rural community, you know? <laughs> She can see what's what's going on around her and uh-huh. and, and, and that. So I'm uh, I, I got to see the early copy so I'd like to see how the edits. Happen. Oh yeah. Well,
0: Bridget had such a great debut with the Greatest Hits of Wanda James. Yes, she did. I'm so really interested to see yeah. what her next book is going to be like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Wanda James was a
0: lot of fun. Oh, it was <laughs> such a fun book. Yeah. not yeah.
1: she good at naming characters, though? Oh, yeah. Yes, she's she very this, like, good at naming tubs characters. Yeah. Yeah. Imogene
0: Tubbs is a great name.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah. How about you, Jane? Is there any book you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to? Well, just to talk about local books,
2: one of the last local books I read was uh, Terry Joel's Dig. Oh yes, oh, yeah, short stories, but yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah it was, lovely. Yeah, you could just picture the streets.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah it was really evocative and of what's happening now or happening mm-hmm. in the
1: recent past. I do you like reading local books? Like it, 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 it brings you to your local city geography like how does that I do enjoy it. Yeah. anything yeah. that has that sense of place like yeah.
2: I said about the tales of the city I do yeah. like especially imagining places or knowing enough about mm-hmm. the streets to go oh yes yeah. see that
1: for kids books I don't do these books for them oh. because oh, yes. yeah. they build in and I don't know how your kids are, but they're still good for that. But she built in these little visual jokes that uh-huh. locals would remember things. Uh-huh. So I get some of the jokes, that I have been here long enough. Uh-huh. Like some of the graffiti that used to be yes, on the place yeah, decades yeah. ago, or some oh, of the little, the, uh, some of the little things, that, uh, some of the little stores that had different names, or you know, mm-hmm. she built, she built that in in this lovely little way. now I, I work for Running the Goat Books, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's Running the Goat Books. I'm not. you can Running the Goat Books here. Love, I mean, for I always wanted to put in a. a children's book to talk about. Yes, but as far yeah. as the children's book goes I I love um, I love the little local, the local what, and what are the titles of uh, well paint the town pink uh, there's the puffin problem there's um that um, mallard, mallard moose, mallard, mallard moose, which is moose, my yes. favorite. Yeah. So, and they're all a little bit about belonging, and I think that that's an issue that local people who go away come back. They're always talking about where do they belong, where is home, and that yes. happens with a lot of her characters. And mm-hmm. with the paint the town pink, the last one is um, like how do you, uh, how do you make immigrants welcome, mm-hmm. or how do you make diverse people welcome? Yeah, so there's this whole paint the town pink going on through You know, so it's but and and then the town looks different, and she puts little jokes in the names of the stores here, uh-huh. so um, as a parent, <laughs> if there were little things thrown in for the adults, and you're reading them to your kids, I would know, love it. Oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> you know, I just, that. that. No, yeah. My girls are, you know, my girls are a bit too old for me to read out loud to them, but I didn't, anyway, <laughs> I just <laughs> <laughs> You'd know. like to read that. Like I so would, much. actually, I would like to
2: well, maybe I'll well, have to make that happen
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to adopt some little kids <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll <laughs> go read to them the pleasure of reading for them that's not a bad
0: idea actually oh yeah. alright well I would like to say thank you very much this is a great conversation thank you so much thank, thank you for so Okay. Okay. So thanks a lot And that wraps up my conversation with Michelle Porter and Jane Bannister. As always, if you want to see the list of books that we talked about, you can go to my website, tridimorgancole.com, click the Shelf Esteem link, and it'll take you to the blog that lists all the books that we discussed. And I'll be back again next month at the end of March with a couple more great guests and some more great books to talk about. Until then, I hope that you will read a good book and build your shelf esteem.